0: You're listening to The Whole Vineyard Podcast. To find out more about The Whole Vineyard Church, go to wholevineyard.co.uk. My name is Ephraim. I'm reading from the book of Nehemiah chapter 7. After the wall had been rebuilt, and I had set the doors in place, the gatekeepers, the musicians, and the Levites were appointed. I put in charge of Jerusalem my brother, Hananiah, along with Hananiah, the commander of the citadel, because he was a man of integrity and feared God more than most people do. I said to them, the gates of Jerusalem are not to be opened until the sun is hot. While the gatekeepers are still on duty, have them shut the doors and bar them. Also appoint residents of Jerusalem as guards, some at their posts and some near their own houses. Amen. Well, good morning again. Good morning. As a church, we are in a season of rebuilding. We're rebuilding the city and we are rebuilding the church. And in this season of rebuilding, we are reimagining the way that life is in church. We're asking the question, what is the Spirit of God doing amongst us today? I believe the passage that we just read um, has some, keys and tips and highlights and guidelines and and is going to call us to a new place as a church and give us a bit of a roadmap for how we move forward into this reimagined church, this restored world. But I believe in order to claim that restoration, in order to become the future church that God wants for us, to bring restoration and hope to our city, I believe we have to start thinking differently and operating differently and rebuilding differently in order to occupy the land that God has prepared for us individually. And also as a church, we have to ask that question, Lord, what are you doing in our generation? Where are you calling us to move? What are you calling us to surrender? Which parts of our mindset or our worldview need reorienting? Where have we drifted from our divine mandate and settled for less? I love this quote from the founder of the vineyard, John Wimber, who said this, Remember, the economy of the kingdom is simple. Every time we come to cross a new threshold, it costs us everything we now have. Every new step may cost us all the reputation and security we've accumulated up to that point. It costs us our life. Church, we believe that we're on the threshold of something remarkable. And we're just beginning to see the fruit. Let me just run through a bunch of the exciting things going on in the life of our church at the minute. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, John shared the vision for um, our Compassion Center and how the, the first steps in that journey are being played out. It's so exciting. We're hearing so many stories of growth and people coming to know Jesus. I can give you the good news that it's 18 people getting baptized tonight, not 16. <laughs> and there might be more. So exciting. We're seeing leaders raised across the church. We're running the Leadership Lab. We've got our biggest ever leadership year. We're running out of room in our kids' ministry. It's a difficult problem. It's a great problem to have. Um, There's so many exciting things going. We launched our Heating the City campaign last week. We're going to give more information over the coming weeks about that. It's so exciting. But church, this is just a foretaste of what's to come. And we're in Nehemiah. And if you've missed the story of Nehemiah so far, let me quickly catch you up to speed. Nehemiah um, hears that the walls and gates of his home, Jerusalem, have been destroyed and set on fire. It breaks his heart. He is currently in exile in Babylon. And God gives him an assignment to be part of the rebuilding. And so he goes and speaks to the king. God gives him favor and he's allowed to travel back home to Jerusalem. And he begins the task of rebuilding the wall. He casts vision. He galvanizes people. He shows remarkable leadership in the face of unenviable opposition. He shows compassion to those struggling in the city. He fights injustice. He stands against further opposition. And as Rach explored last week, in just 52 days, the wall is rebuilt. All that stood against the project, as it says in the end of chapter 6, were humbled and terrified as they saw miraculous evidence of God at work as an impossible situation came to pass. It was impossible. And yet, how many of you know God deals in the realm of the impossible? God works with impossible things. Nothing is impossible for him. And Nehemiah faced an impossible situation. He was terrified himself, and yet he stepped through that fear out of a place of obedience into what God had for him and God moved. God and a move of God is not dependent on our ability or our brilliant strategy or our gifts, but simply about our capacity to obey his voice, particularly in the face of fear. So the wall gets finished but the assignment of Nehemiah isn't over. The next step of his assignment is to reimagine the way things could be. Restoring the right things and dreaming for more. Now, many of you will know I've told this before, but I came to university here in Hull and I studied English literature with film studies. And it was great. One of the modules that I did was Disney Studies and <laughs> Paid a lot of money for that module, and um, I thought it was going to be watching Disney movies, but it was about the history of it. It wasn't that fun, but I learned a lot about Epcot. Anyone know about Epcot, Disney World? I did a presentation on Epcot. My opening line was, ladies and gentlemen, fasten your seatbelts. I'm here today to talk about Epcot. And uh, I thought that was good. Um, <laughs> one of the things I learned about Walt Disney, though, which I did like, was that he created a job role in his company called Imagineers. Imagineers. And their job as imagineers were to dream. Their job was to imagine things that were not and engineer them into reality. They creatively and inventively explored how to tell stories, how to make Movies, how to present things. They were from many different walks of life. They were illustrators and architects and engineers and lighting designers and show writers and graphic designers. They worked together to reimagine the way things could be. And I think that's actually a brilliant picture of how God wants to use every single one of us in his rebuilding project for the church and for the city. Whoever you are, whatever your story Whatever your past, whatever you currently have in your hand right now, whatever your little part of the world, the sphere that God has placed you, he wants to use you to reimagine life for yourself, for your family, for your neighbours, and for your city. Church, you're called to be a kingdom imagineer. You're called to be a kingdom imagineer, to imagine the way things can be in our city, To see our city, not with human eyes and human wisdom, but with his eyes and his heart. To see his divine design for our city and his original purpose. And then to be part of reimagining the way things could be. And to, as I heard someone say recently, to see the world heavenized. And I like that. And this is what Nehemiah was doing. Reimagining the way things could be. Let's read the first verse. And this is the one verse I want to speak from this morning. Of chapter 7. After the wall had been rebuilt and I had set the doors in place, the gatekeepers, the musicians, and the Levites were appointed. I want you to highlight three words gatekeepers, musicians, and Levites. After the wall is finished and Nehemiah is reimagining life for God's people, three roles are recognized as being of first importance for life in the restored city gatekeepers. Musicians and Levites. And here is what I want us to see this morning. That in establishing these roles, Nehemiah is resetting the spiritual culture of the city. He's rebuilding the spiritual architecture of the nation. One commentary I read said Nehemiah was reestablishing spiritual order. Nehemiah is bringing about in these three things a spiritual reset. And I think that's what God wants to do with us after a time of pain and trauma and loss and sifting and cultural assimilation into the Babylonian way, which much of that sounds like we've, what we've been through over the last few years, isn't it? God, I think, wants to bring a spiritual reset. And let me ask you this. In your life, do you feel like you need a spiritual reset? Have you taken the time to heal and process and reorient from these last few years? Have you found yourself drifting from the Lord or feeling destroyed by your pain or discouraged by opposition? If so, you're in good company. God is calling you back. Nehemiah recognized in those early moments as we're gonna build a new life and a new city here, in order to become the people of God that we are called to be, we had to get first things first, gatekeepers musicians, Levites, the first thing. These three jobs ultimately pointed to one purpose and that was to set apart the people of God, the house of God, the temple of God, and the city of God as a place of worship where his glory would dwell. Nehemiah, is bringing back God's people and God's house to its first love, which is him. We cannot do anything that we want to do in our city without God being at the center of this house. And I believe this could be a word of season for our community as we celebrate all the incredible things that are happening and we look forward to the future of what God wants to do. Because these roles... These three things that God, was Nehemiah, was establishing in the city, they're nuanced and they're slightly different. They overlap to paint a picture of consecration. What Nehemiah was reestablishing in the city was a city, a heart, a posture of consecration. What is consecration? Well, consecration, guys, is the spiritual setting ourselves apart for God as people of worship, for his purposes, with him at the center, to be used by God, to worship God, to seek God's face. It is a posture of spiritual hunger and surrender. It's a casting off of anything in my life that is holding me back from the best so that I can move forward into the incredible things that God has for me. I love the verse in Joshua chapter 3 verse 5, which Joshua says to them, and um, consecrate yourselves for tomorrow, God is going to do incredible things among you. I love that verse. There's something about consecration, as setting ourselves apart for God, for heaven, for his purposes, that allows us to embrace all that God has for us in the future. And we need to be reminded, I need to be reminded, that as we reimagine life, as we rebuild differently, that our first priority is, Our highest calling, our most central tenet, the ultimate purpose, the reason we exist individually and as a church is to worship Jesus. To be set apart for him, to be people of his presence, to seek the face of the Lord, to dedicate ourselves, to devote devote ourselves, to consecrate ourselves for him and for him alone. And as we do that, I believe we'll see our city changed What our city doesn't need is just another social justice project, although that is important. What our city doesn't need is just more money and better strategy, although that is vital. What our city and our world needs, I believe with my whole heart, is a church that is consecrated to the Lord, that is set on fire and set apart. We pray as a church for revival in our city. We've been praying for years. Every Monday we pray for revival in many different ways and my sense for us is that the Lord would say revival starts in this house revival starts in this room in our secret places at home in our tears not over the sin of our city but over the brokenness of our own hearts that the house of God the people of God for too long have been corrupted by lesser ways we've sometimes replaced the purity of worship for performance the cost of following Jesus with a comfortable life. We've lost the weight of his glory. The burden to see his lost come home. Our consciences have become seared. And the church often looks just like the world. And Jesus is saying, I want my church back. Are we willing to re-consecrate ourselves for him? To place him at the center? To become people who worship with abandon? And now this isn't Songs. You can have the best band in the world and still have empty worship. This goes beyond our singing. This is about having hearts that are consecrated before the Lord in order to step into all that we might do in our city. So back to gatekeepers, musicians, and Levites. I think these are three aspects of a consecrated church. They're not church, they're not job descriptions, but I think there are a key attributes that Jesus is looking for that he would call out in every single one of us as we move forward. And let me unpack each of these in two words, gatekeepers, gatekeepers guard, musicians worship and Levites serve. Bit of history for us all. Gatekeepers would guard what comes in and what goes out of the city. They would ensure that the city of God remains set apart for him. Now, this was about physical protection, but it was actually more than that. It was a spiritual oversight. They would watch the horizon physically and spiritually for enemies, dangers, and attacks, things which might threaten to infiltrate or attack God's people. Gatekeepers were leaders who were the first line of defense and first line of offense to protect the city and the people of God. Musicians a musicians' job was to curate an environment of worship where the presence of God is pursued. How good, how well did our musicians do that this morning? It's a beautiful sense of the presence of God with us. Musicians set the spiritual climate for the city as a place where the presence of God was the highest priority. This wasn't about protecting, just about protecting a physical boundary. This this was Nehemiah was doing. He was he was resetting spiritual values, he's rebuilding differently with God at the center. And Levites, well, Levites were priests. Their job was to serve, to serve in the temple, to minister to God and to facilitate people's encounter with the Lord. In the Old Testament book of Numbers, the Levites were given a job description. In Hebrew, the words were avad and shema. And these words essentially meant to work and keep. Their job was to work and keep the temple, or serve and guard the temple, to oversee the spiritual life of God's house. found it interesting that those two words were the exact same words that God gave to Adam in the garden. I want you to avad and Shema the garden. I want you to work it and keep it. I want you to serve and steward the place where you call home. So gatekeepers, musicians, and Levites. What does this mean for us Practically. Well, I believe we are all called to be and embody all of these things. So firstly, we're called to be gatekeepers. Gatekeepers guard physically and spiritually ourselves and our church. And I want to encourage you this morning, guys, to take seriously the call to guard your lives and guard your hearts and guard your families and guard your kids and guard those around you. We have to take seriously that responsibility to intentionally steward the world and sphere that God has placed us to ensure that our life is saturated and set apart for the things of God. Now, this doesn't mean we run away and hide and batten down the hatches. It's quite the opposite, actually. We live in the world, but we're not of the world. We're in the world as ambassadors from another realm who live differently, who love radically, but we're refusing to bend to the will and ways of the culture around us we've guarded ourselves and set ourselves apart for God and his kingdom and what happens is when the church live out the call to be gatekeepers when we guard ourselves we actually begin to influence instead of being influenced we begin to live as thermostats in our workplaces in our university In our city, in our schools, we set the temperature of the place we find ourselves instead of being thermometers which just reflect the temperature of the world around us. We begin to step into the purposes of God. We begin to meet needs and serve people. We we live above the fray because we've guarded, we've put on the armor of God and guarded ourselves against everything that is going on around us. How can we do that? We do that because we've guarded our hearts for the things of God we set our minds and our hearts on things above. I love the proverb in uh, Proverbs 23, which says it's above all else, guard your heart. For everything you do flows from that. Above everything, church, guard your heart because that's where your life comes from. In biblical terms, the heart was the seat of your mind, your will, your emotions. It's what makes you, you. It's your desires and your dreams, your feelings, your thoughts, your loves, your mind, will, emotions. The Bible says guard it. Why? Because you're under attack. You are under attack. We all are. There is a war going on in the spiritual, even in the physical, for our hearts. So let me encourage you to be a gatekeeper. Be a gatekeeper over your mind, what you let in, what you watch. And consume the quantity and quality of social media. Curate the purity of what comes in. Is this helpful and beneficial to your mental well-being? Is it making you look more like Jesus or deforming you out of his image? Gatekeep your time with your kids. Gatekeep your time with your spouse. Gatekeep your finances. Gatekeep your rest. Here's the big idea of gatekeepers, guys. Gatekeepers ensure that our lives belong to him and him alone, every part, every area. Secondly, we're called to be musicians. Now, what I'm not saying is go out and buy an oboe and and play, learn how to play an oboe. I'm not, please don't. Um, If you play the oboe, no offense, I'm sure it can be played well. Um, I've I've never experienced that. Um, But the musician's job was to create an atmosphere where the presence of God is welcomed and hosted. Church, we're called to be a people of His presence who walk closely with Him daily, moment by moment, pursuing His presence, practicing the presence of God, seeking the face of God, musicians singing songs over our city who are filled with the Spirit of God and prioritize life in the Spirit with Him. And I want to submit to us today that in order to step into a move of God, we need to be filled with the Spirit of God. We need to be pursuers of the presence of God. We need to be immersed in the power of God. We need to be saturated by the presence of God. We, we, I wonder how many of us long for God to move in our city more than we long for God himself. I wonder how many of us want to be used by God without being filled by God and just do great things for God without first abiding in God. And our sense is that the Holy Spirit wants to shake things up again and, restore a spirit of musicianship in the church which is about musicians and playing music and doing that but it's more about the hearts of his presence and finally we're called to be levites and what i mean by that is we are called to serve people as we serve people we minister to god you see worship and consecration goes beyond singing songs on a sunday Worship is actually our lives Monday to Saturday. Levites represent God in their work. Levites do everything as unto the Lord. So let me ask you this, where are you gonna be tomorrow? School, university, shared workspace, at the hospital looking after kids at home, you are a Levite, You are a priest. In fact, the Bible says that we are a royal priesthood. We're called in every moment, in every place, in every environment, everywhere these feet touch that are being walked around by a royal priest. I'm called to lay that moment on the altar as worship before the Lord and to serve our city by leading it into a place of encounter with God. Modern day Levites are people who live in the city and yet whose hearts belong to heaven. Modern day Levites have eyes open to serve people. They see the whole of creation as their ministry and every person as precious. Modern day Levites wash the feet of the city and by doing this minister directly to Jesus and reveal God to those far off. Modern-day Levites don't stick within the four walls of the temple or the church, but they live beyond it for the sake of the city. Modern-day Levites often are hidden and obscure, but carry the fragrance of Christ to the darkest places. Modern-day Levites are content to do ordinary things, but live out the mandate of Colossians 3.17, which says, whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father, through him, So Nehemiah, as he was reestablishing a new way to live, created these three things, gatekeepers, musicians, and Levites. Gatekeepers guard ourselves and our homes and our families and our city to set ourselves and our church to set ourselves apart for him. Musicians curated an environment, even just between me and the Lord, of worship pursuing his presence, being people who walk closely with God daily. And Levites serve. Levites get their hands dirty out and about in life, Monday through to Saturday, making a difference in the area of those, of where they find themselves. Thank you for listening to the Hall Vineyard podcast. We would love to connect with you and welcome you home to church. To find out more, go to hallvineyard.co.uk forward slash connect and stay up to date with all that is going on in the life of our church go to hallvineyard.co.uk forward slash church news and sign up for our weekly mailing thanks for listening we hope to see you soon